So outside of friends or family, you can employ the help of robots. Again, this is a cost ratio thing. So, you know, the, the more sophisticated the robot. So you're just kidding. Like, you know, I'm actually, there there are actually robots. No, I'm I'm half kidding. So there's, there's the Roomba, which would be destroyed in our house. (laughs) Yes. I think any robot would be destroyed in our house. Yeah. Unless they built it themselves. The robots are like, we, we have to stay away from that house. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Ben. How's it going? You know. Yeah. It's going. It's been a rough week. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it, it's it has been a rough week, but this morning was a productive morning. That's good. Yeah, so it was nice to get some stuff taken care of and to feel on top of things. Yeah, I probably wrote about half my word, my normal word count, which is still really good, but just yeah. not good for me. You know, it's, it really is insane though. Yeah. The number of words that you write. I know I say that often, but, <laughs> but you're also doing more final draft work. Yeah. Which of, takes longer. You have to, I mean, it, it takes a little longer to massage those things into like things people would actually want to read. So rough drafts are really easy for me. I can hit like 80,000 words in a week, but finals take much longer. Yeah. So today we're talking about balancing work and household responsibilities. So I've, I've been working on this idea that I had. This is kind of related to what we're talking about today. Okay. But I've, I've been working on this idea that I have that our lives are basically split up into three main categories. And those categories are relationships, you know, like your family and your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yourself, taking care of yourself, like getting enough rest and, um, and exercise and, and having some downtime, doing those kind of things that, mm-hmm. that help you. And then work. And under work, uh, that can be separated out into many different things. That can be your job. That can be something that you're pursuing as a passion, a business that you're trying to build. It can be raising your kids. It can be um, taking care of the bills and and so work is both the parent category for this, but it's also something separate. Um, in, in today's episode, the way that I want to think about this is the work that we do um, as far as, you know, building a business or, or if we have a job and then also having the household stuff that you have to keep up with. So I wanted, I wanted to define what household responsibilities are. And so for me, it's things like, tidying and cleaning the house, caring, mm-hmm. caring for the children takes, especially in the beginning, takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Laundry. Yeah. Laundry, cooking, bills. Picking up after the kids who, after you've nagged a billion times, still don't pick after, pick up after themselves. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> um, going and getting groceries, all of that, all of that kind of 
stuff falls under the category of household responsibilities. Mm -hmm. It's basically everything that it takes to keep the house running smoothly. Mm -hmm. And and that was one thing I, a thought that I had is that the house is kind of like a business. There, there are a lot of moving parts and if something doesn't get taken care of the other, you know, other things suffer Mm -hmm. and it can, I mean, you know, it can fall apart so easily. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, if I don't meal plan and then I go to the grocery store, like you come back with donuts. <laughs> no, and, you know. that's not true. But it, it, you know, it's very, it, it's kind of like you have this target and you don't even hit the outside rim of the target. Like yeah. you have, you have all of these groceries, but you have nothing to cook for dinner. I got nervous, you guys, because I went to the store and I'm, I'm telling you this just to say, like, not, uh, I'll, I'll do numbers. We, we have a house of six boys, Mm -hmm. so don't be alarmed by this one way or the other. I don't, I don't know, (laughs) but we have a budget of, what is it? $225 a week. No, it's actually 250. Oh, it went up. And, and like we consistently go over a little. Garrett. Garrett in the chat said, that's a basketball team. (laughs) With a sub. That's my favorite joke in the world, Rachel. (laughs) Anyways. So, so it's $250 a week. And yesterday I came home or, I mean, I'm sorry, not yesterday. A, A few days ago, I went to the store and got all the groceries, got everything I thought we needed. And I thought I kind of went a little bit overboard, honestly. Really? That's funny. Yeah, I thought I'm probably getting a little bit more than I need to get, but it's going to be okay. And I got to the checkout and it ended up being $150. Yeah. $100 less than we normally spend. And I felt nervous. I was like, oh no. What did I forget? Yeah. Like yeah. we're, we're going to get to Saturday. We, we do the grocery shopping on Wednesday. I was thinking we're going to get to Saturday and we're going to need There's nothing something. left. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to have to take an emergency trip to the store. And-, and, it, and in our household, like there's only time for one trip a week, you know, like all of the produce that we, that we buy has to last us that entire week. You know? Right. So, because there's just, there's no extra time for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, it just, you know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts. So would you add anything to that list? Of household responsibilities, I don't think so. I mean, they're the obvious. They're the other responsibilities, like grooming for children and that kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, having weekly meetings about what's coming up, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, that's so. a that's a really good one. Uh, remind me to bring that in. Okay. So household responsibilities are not things like having meals together and quality time with your family, and we're we're strictly talking about just the nuts and bolts of keeping things running. And so we're we're approaching it kind of from our experience. I know everybody's family is set up differently, but but from our experience, we're we're kind of talking about it first as as spouses. You can't split it 50-50. It's impossible. Yeah. You can you can I mean, you know, try to get as minute as you possibly can and there's no way to split it 50-50. Well, there are some weeks that you do more and there are some weeks that I do more because, you know, there are always different responsibilities that come along. Right. And, and it's not just, 
that, but sometimes things go wrong or sometimes things when we had five other or four other kids show up to our house the other day. Mm -hmm. No, it was five. It was five. Yeah. You had like 11 kids here. Just neighborhood kids. They're like, can we come over and play? And, and so, you know, I, that's one of our, uh, the things that we value in our home is being a home where people feel welcome and, and, you know, like we want to, we want to be that place where our kids, friends, yeah, feel like they can absolutely. come over and yeah. enjoy themselves. But that, but that also makes it more difficult to. Yeah. To do anything around the house. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so you can't split it 50, 50 and it's, and it's better not to think about it in terms of percentages or who has more of the workload. Um, the, the problem with thinking that way what it does when when you get too focused on well how much work does how much work does my spouse have versus how much work do i have mm-hmm. you you can very easily and and sometimes from a place of being biased feel like you're being slighted mm-hmm. and you can start to feel frustrated and and bitter and that's really comp- it, it's kind of complex sometimes it has to do with feeling like we're frustrated that we don't have enough time to do our work. Mm -hmm. And so when we're doing the household stuff, we feel frustrated because we think about, you know, if I didn't have to do this, if I didn't have to pick up his slack, I, I would have more time to get my work stuff done that I really need to do. I think sometimes too, in, in, uh, the different weeks that we have as creative people, um, there are some weeks where, I work really hard to keep the house tidy, mm-hmm. but those weeks don't always line up with the weeks that you work really hard to keep the house tidy. And so it's almost like, and the same for you, like there are some weeks that I don't work as hard and you're working really hard and it makes, it makes the spouse kind of feel like, oh my gosh, I'm doing all of this stuff on my own by myself. Yeah. This sucks, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so while that's true, while, while sometimes you know, moods come into play and I might not work as hard one week as I do another, or maybe I feel overwhelmed with what I'm doing in my work. Mm -hmm. And so that's translating into, you know, not keeping up the household stuff as well. The, the less you're focused on the percentages and feeling and and worrying about whether or not it's fair, the easier it's going to be for you to not feel those feelings of frustration and bitterness. It's so hard though, because you know, we, both of us, I think want a clean and tidy house and we want things to run smoothly. And it's just, it's really hard to balance all of this stuff and not feel like we're taking more of that load on, you know? And I think, I think it might be especially hard for women too, because, you know, when the kids want or, or when they hurt themselves or when they uh, they just are sad or whatever. They need us, you know, like the kids are always coming to me. The baby is always wanting to be held by me. And so it's, it's like, I've always got a kid on my hip while I'm picking up things and all of that. And so some of that stuff can like, I don't know, it just starts to build up a little bit. And we just, we just have to be careful in the way that we, um, the way that we think about how much we're doing. Yeah. And What's also true is if you haven't had a really straightforward conversation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's sometimes you can assume that your spouse or partner is is 
not taking care of their responsibilities just because they are being lazy, you know, but there might be something more going on there that you don't know. So I always like to assume first right. that there's something going on that I don't know about before I assume that, oh, they're just, you know, being and, lazy. And that's never <laughs> with you. That's almost never the case. Like you don't even have that in your personality. Yeah. I know that sometimes you feel overwhelmed, but, but sometimes it does feel out of balance and it's okay to recognize that feeling and to make a point to have a conversation. Yeah. I think we recently did this when I was like, you know, I'm planning all the meals. I'm going to the grocery store. I'm volunteering at the schools. I'm, you know, all of this stuff. And so we had to kind of reevaluate some of the thing, even if it was just temporary, you know, but oh, yeah. I was starting to feel really overwhelmed with all of the responsibility because, you know, taking three kids, three and younger to the store is not exactly fun. No. And, <laughs> and trying to plan a meal while, you know, you've got these kids running wild in the background. It's, it's, it's hard stuff. Well, and, and with circumstances, sometimes changing on a dime, you, you sometimes and often have to renegotiate those things. And, right. And reexamine them. So one, it's good to have a regular time, a regularly scheduled time when you're going to discuss these things. Mm -hmm. And it also helps to know that there's a place for that discussion. Mm -hmm. But it's also good when, when you're feeling like things are out of balance. It's also good to, to say, Hey, I wanted to, you know, set up a time, maybe Maybe your meeting isn't until like three days later, but it's something you really want to talk about. And, you know, let's see if we can set up a time in the next few days to sit down and just have a conversation about mm -hmm. this so that you can at least get your feelings out and you can be heard and understood. That's way better than getting to the breaking point and having an argument about it. Right. Because and, then your tempers flare and you're just like, you know, you say things you don't mean. Yeah. Um, Cor correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this specific topic is the one we've probably fought about the most. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> um, I would also say, I don't know if you have this later on, but I don't, I would also say that early on, it's really helpful to, um, to talk about things like, okay, who's going to do the bulk of mowing the lawn? If you have a lawn to mow, who's going to do the bulk of taking out the trash, that kind of thing. I mean, you can share those things, but like I prefer doing, uh, I prefer vacuuming or doing dishes to something like taking out gross garbage, you know, yeah. and it, it's not because that's a man's job or anything. It's just that like, I enjoy washing dishes. It's really weird, but I really, I actually do enjoy mowing the lawn when I have time right. set aside to do that. And I wouldn't enjoy that at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you, it, you might be open up that conversation. You might be surprised what yeah. you find. Like, oh, you actually enjoy doing that? Well, I'll let you do it then. Yep. Some, and, and sometimes, you know, there are things that you or your spouse are going to be better at doing. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's, it's good to play on the strengths there. But you've got to be careful, too, not to let that fall out of balance because it can. Right. I think when we were first married, we had a discussion about, like, cleaning stuff. And I was like, I'm not cleaning toilets. Mm -hmm. That's your territory. <laughs> yeah. That was before we even had all these boys. And now it's like, well, that makes sense now because, <laughs> yeah. 
you're a man. You got to teach these boys proper, you know, bathroom yeah, etiquette. That's right. I'll get around to that. <laughs> so that's that's kind of talking about the balance when you when you have a spouse. Obviously, if you're somebody who um, has a family, but you you're raising your children on your own. I mean, that's that's oh, a gosh. whole other. My hat goes off to you. Yeah, I can't even imagine. You're you're having to take on a lot of that yourself. So the mm-hmm. next the next uh, several points we're going to get into deal specifically with optimizing some of the household stuff and 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 finding a better balance between um, managing our household and uh, our work. Mm-hmm. So this is the first principle that I uh, that I wanted to bring in, and that's that it's easier to maintain than it is to scramble, and. I think about this in a couple of different <laughs> senses. So that uh, the best example that I can think of is pretend that you've got a, a bunch of plates spinning. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're actually talented enough to get them spinning up on that you know stick in the first place, I don't know how they do that. I don't know either. Anyway, so you got a bunch of plates spinning. The worst thing you can do is to sit and wait until you see one of the plates wobbling to try to get it spinning again. The best thing you can do is to go around and have some kind of rhythm and, and just keep them, keep them all spinning, whether it looks like it needs it or not. And so that's has to do with procrastination for me. Mm-hmm. This is a really big one mm-hmm. because if I, if I wait until something absolutely needs to be done, like the plants are dying, <laughs> Like they look really which, sad. Which they are right now. It's not, you may be able to do it in exactly the same amount of time that it would take you to maintain it. You may be able to get it done more quickly. You know, sometimes, sometimes I think about that. Like when I let, when I let a mess build up for a little bit and then I clean it all up at once, I think, you know, I spent less time cleaning up that mess one time than I would have maintaining the tidiness of the house over the course of an entire week. Yeah. But what's really, what's really true is that that mess, those things that aren't being taken care of, those are working on your subconscious Mm -hmm. and they're keeping you from being as focused and productive in other areas of your life. Yep. And so, so if you can get into a rhythm of maintaining things, you're going to experience a whole lot more focus. It's not going to distract you as much. It's not going to, nag on your subconscious. It's ironic because we just did um, like sort of a photo shoot for some of my website stuff and our bedroom was like out of control messy. And the amount of time we could have saved doing this photo shoot, because we, we have our office set up in this little nook area inside our bedroom, but you know, there was never a good photo sh- photo opportunity because it was so stinking messy. Yeah. And so we were like throwing things on the bed and rearranging things, not even like cleaning stuff up, but the amount of time we could have saved doing that business session, you know, with a a clean room as opposed to this room that had just built up where, I mean, I don't even know how long it's been since we tidied our bedroom, but it's, yeah. Well, and last night you went to a book club meeting and I decided to take the opportunity to go ahead and and tidy up the house. I don't know what it is. There's something about you being away <laughs> and me being responsible for the house that makes me feel more productive. Yeah. And huh. 
Well, I, think, I can arrange that. I think part of it, yeah, you need to, you need to take more time <laughs> I away. Can, I can take really, a weekend away from myself. You really do though, Rachel. You don't take <laughs> enough time for yourself. I'm just, yeah, just well. putting that out there. So I think, yeah, I think it's, I want to surprise you when you yeah. get home. I, I want you to come home and be like, oh, wow. You know? Yeah. But as I was cleaning the room, I noticed I, I started feeling lighter. Oh, yeah. And I started feeling more motivated toward things that I was really dragging my feet on. Like I was, <laughs> I was cleaning the room and I had this kind of unrelated thought of, you know, I really need to work out uh, more <laughs> consistently. Awesome. You know, I just, and when your home is tidy and things are where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And when it's running smoothly and, you know, you have groceries and you have dinners planned and all that. I mean, it just, it's, it releases you from so many. Yeah. I don't, you don't even know that you worry about those kinds of things. Well, okay. I, and I want to bring this in um, from the chat. Jason Bachman asked a question. He said, anyone else have a drastically different personality than their spouses in regards to tidying as you go? <laughs> and, and this is, this kind of also makes me think of another question of, you know, like preference for tidiness. Mm-hmm. So I would say that you have a much stronger preference for tidiness than I do. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's probably true for, for most people. There's some varying degree. I can tolerate untidiness more than you can. Yeah. But I think all of us at our core, cer- certainly each of us go about tidying and, and cleaning things up in a different way, but all of us feel the weight of untidiness. We feel the weight of things not being where they're supposed to be in place. And it's not always this really tangible thing, but it does come into play. And so based on that reality, I say where you where you can be more efficient and where you can keep things cleaner more consistently, yeah. you're doing yourself a favor in other areas of your life. Yeah, definitely. There's actually a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up mm. that um, I, I read. It is a little bit like out of, um, I guess, out of reach for somebody who's a parent um, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, kids make their own mess. But uh, it, w- it was a really interesting read for me. So uh, I'm actually writing a parody called The Life-Changing Madness of Tidying Up After Children right now, a humor book. Because yeah. like... When I was reading it, I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is so impossible in our house. <laughs> like, well, I, re- I remember like we were going through because it had a section about how you put away your clothes. Yeah. And I I loved this. And at the same time, I thought it was kind of hilarious. But she talked. It, it was almost like she was talking to her th- her things mm-hmm, and thanking mm-hmm. them for their. And so it got to the socks and it was like, you know, you you need to flatten your sock out kind of in its natural shape, you know, where it does that little hockey stick kind of thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you will. Yeah. You need to flatten your sock out and put it down and then put its pair on top of it and then fold and then it fold and it then over. fold it over once. Uh-huh. You don't roll them in together because that stretches out the, the, uh, yeah, the uh, top part of it. Yeah. That's and what, you're saying. what what is that? The, not the elastic. Is it elastic? Well, it is elastic. Yeah. yeah. It stretches out the elastic and, and her reasoning was, you know, your your socks keep your feet warm. They provide padding, and and they cover 
kind of a gross part of your body <laughs> all day long. They do all of this work and you're going to thank them by rolling them up in a wad. No. <laughs> and so I, I loved that. And at the same time, I thought there is no way I'm going to sit and fold everybody's socks this way. Yeah. I mean, I do it for the kids now, but yeah, mainly because whenever I would get them out of the lawn, like some of their socks were so stretched out at the top that I was like, oh, we do need to do this probably. Maybe so. Anyway, that was sort of off topic. All right. So there's, there's another thought of that I, that I had a kind of a practice that we don't really do very much, but I want to start, this is a, this is a theory that I have. I want to start putting this into, into practice where we have, we, we kind of run our house in shifts, right? Like I've got the morning shift and you've got the, afternoon shift or vice versa. Um, even if, even if you don't have a spouse, you probably have different sections of your day. Yeah. You know, the, the time before you leave for work, the time that you come home from work, the time, you know, so, so in each of these sections, the way that I like to think about the use of the space and the things that I do is kind of the same way that we approached when I was working at McDonald's or uh, Golden Chick. Golden Chick is like a KFC kind of place. Mm -hmm. or, or anything like that. At the end of the shift, you basically try to reset things for the next day or for the next group of employees who are going to come in. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, you don't, you don't just leave everything out because you want to, you want to come in to a clean workspace, a, a reset environment and work from there. And so I started thinking about the, the home in that way. You know, what if, what if I could get it and it takes some, um, it takes some thought ahead of time, you know, but if I did that for you and then you in turn did that for me. So for example, mm -hmm. uh, today I cleaned, I tidied the entire downstairs. Oh, did you? That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. I also tidied upstairs. Awesome. And I set out dinner and I put the items for dinner like the, uh, we're going to have tacos tonight. All right. So I set the items for dinner like the avocados and the limes mm -hmm. and the taco shells. I set all of that out on the counter. Wow. I really appreciate that, Ben. You're welcome. That, that's going to save you some time. Mm -hmm. And what you can do with that savings is you can set aside some time at the end of your shift, given, you know, that things don't go crazy. Yeah. You can set aside some time at the end of your shift to maybe pay it forward. Yeah. And so you you can either pay it forward for somebody else or pay it forward for yourself. But think about how that feels versus coming into a workspace. It's not ready. And so you've got to do those things. Right. At the top instead of at the end. Mm hmm. It's a lot, it's a lot more stressful. It takes a lot more mental energy. Yeah. I was going to say there's nothing harder for me than, you know, getting up at six in the morning and going to fix breakfast for our boys. And there's like a whole sink of dishes or, um, because we just didn't get around to it the night before and that yeah. kind of thing. So I'm guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually on your uh, Thursday night shift. Um, but anyway, it, it, it's just, it's really helpful to be able to have a, you know, like you said, setting it up for the next shift. And I don't know how many people 
run their household in the way that we do with, you know, we kind of tag team it during regular business hours. So Yeah. All right. So another thing that you need to do is get help. We talked about how running a household is like running a business. And really with as many moving parts as there are, especially if you have a job and you're trying to build something on the side and you have kids, I mean, it's almost necessary to get some form of, of help to manage the household stuff. And so the, the first question that I like to ask is, how much is your time worth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the principle here is that if you're able to produce more value with your time than how much it costs to do a household item. So for example, mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. It takes me, if I'm doing the front and the back and I'm doing the weed eating and stuff, mm-hmm. it probably takes me a good three hours to get the front and the back done. Yeah. So if my time is, and and let's say I have to do that on average uh, once every other week. So what is that, 25 times a year? Yeah, uh, yeah 26. We'll, so we'll just say, yeah, we'll just say 25 times three hours, and that's 75 hours. If my time is worth $7,500, I'm sorry, if my, if my time is worth $100 an hour, that's $7,500 mm-hmm. that I could be making with that time. And so it's kind of some simple math here. Could I spend less than $7,500 a year? To and, have your lawn maintained. And, and pay somebody else to do that. Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, and I can afford to do that, then I should. And so use that formula with really anything that you can, anything that you can delegate. So things like cleaning, even things like in in our situation, there are times when it would be good to have some form of childcare so that we could do more focused work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also... You know, delegating not just to people you're paying, but to your children. Because in a few years, we're going to have like an entire workforce of boys who will probably fight over mowing the lawn. I mean, I'm sure that we'll probably pay them a little bit of money to do that. Could could I pay my kids less than $7,500 a year to maintain my lawn? Oh, definitely. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> exactly. So, and some of those things like, you know doing dishes and stuff like that, they're not going to make money off of that. But some of the extra stuff, like, you know, they're responsible for cleaning their toilet, but what if, what if we're going to pay them to clean our bathroom? You know, that's not really their responsibility, but we could have them do it for a little bit of money, you know? Yeah. So there, so there are things, and and this is something that we, we haven't quite crossed that bridge yet, but we're already starting to incorporate chores. Mm Mm-hmm for the boys. And I mean, our three-year-old took out the trash last night. And so the, the idea is that we all live in this house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super impressed with the three-year-olds for yeah. stepping up with the chores. We, we all live in this house and we all share this space. And so we can all share the responsibility of, of keeping it right. running. Mm-hmm. And this, this is actually a super positive thing for, for kids and why it's never too early to start giving them some kind of responsibility. 
it it does something really positive for them when they see that they're they're already inherently valuable but but that they can do things that benefit the household that mm-hmm. benefit the community it creates a deeper sense of security for them mm-hmm. and it also gives them a it, it helps them to feel a sense of purpose and you wouldn't think so with how much they fight against having to do it sometimes oh yeah but that's that's really one of the great benefits of having your kids help out so so we have what i would say are kind of like the baseline responsibilities and then above and beyond that it's all negotiable and in fact you know once once the kids start making more of their own money i i don't see anything wrong with encouraging them and saying hey if you if you want to and you can afford to pay your brother to do that for you so you don't have to do it i don't that's fine with me as long as it gets done mhm and as long as it's done to my standards yeah so and and that's kind of that's the difficult thing with kids too right is that when when they first start out doing something it's often not to your standards yeah and sometimes it takes even longer to help them do it than it would be well almost every time yeah in the beginning it takes them longer to to do it with your help than it would be for you just to do it yourself yeah but it's a really you know it's a long term game that pays off really well in the long run so yeah yeah definitely so you should also reach out to friends and family and maybe you're in a situation or you have the kind of relationship with with some of your family where they would be willing to help out indefinitely and if if that's the case i mean take advantage of that mm-hmm. don't don't kill yourself when i mean if if your parents lived next door to us yeah one i would love that because i think they're awesome mhm i say that but i don't know from experience no, but if they if they lived next door to us and they were retired and they're like we don't have anything to do, you can bet I would I would say, "Hey, here are the things that we need help with." Yeah. Because it really, I mean, it takes a lot of work to keep things up and running. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but even if even if it's something temporary. So let's say you're in a situation where you have a job, you're trying to build your business on the side, and it just feels like things are consistently falling through the cracks but there's somebody who might be willing to help put together some kind of a you know something like a business plan where you can approach that person and say hey here's what i'm trying to do over the next 3 months and i believe that if i if i do this over the next 3 months i'm going to get to a position where i can hire somebody to take care of this thing for me but I can't do it right now. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to help for this time period? Yeah. So outside of friends or family, you can employ the help of robots. Again, this is a cost ratio thing. So, you know, the the more sophisticated the robot. So you're just kidding. Like, you know, I'm because actually, there, there are actually robots. No, I'm, that, I'm half kidding. So okay. there's there's the Roomba, which would be destroyed in our house. Yes, I think any robot would be destroyed in our house. Yeah, unless they built it themselves. The robots are like, we we have to stay away from that house. Mm -hmm. Um, no, but 
I mean, think about this. There are people who will be listening to this in the future, in a future where there are robots who are capable of doing really complex tasks. Robots would be a that, not a who. That might also be arguable <laughs> in the future, in the future. So I, I was wondering if you catch that. Yeah. But even, even now there, you know, there may be some form of technology or some form of automation. Um, I think about, I, I said robots, but, but really I mean technology here. I think about things like a scheduling system or using some kind of an app or program or website that helps to automate and remind you. You know, the more, the more stuff you can get out of your brain and into some kind of system that you trust. Uh-huh. Yeah. The the easier it's going to be for you to focus on other things and be creative about the way you manage your schedule. Oh yeah. I was just thinking about, you know, and when you approach projects in your work, you if you approach them well, you have a system, you have uh, a workflow. And when you approach the home that way as well, it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying as, you know, approaching the home sort of like a business. Those things can become much more efficient. Yeah. And I, I mean, even thinking through our own stuff, I feel like there's a lot of room for improvement and becoming more efficient and using some, some systems that are more automated to help us keep up with things. And it's kind of, it's kind of that classic, like, well, if I, I have to spend time to set that up and, and that takes a lot of time and I've already got a system that kind of works now. Yeah. You know, so, so you've got to weigh that out. Is it, yeah, it works for you, but is the amount of time that you could save worth putting in some extra time now and getting something set up better set up? Mm -hmm. So, and then finally you've got hired help, like actually hiring people, which we've already talked about, mm -hmm. but it always, it always comes back to that question of how much is your time worth in in the realm of household responsibilities there's so many things that you're doing that if you had the means to you just shouldn't be doing mm -hmm. i shouldn't be mowing lawns i mean not that i'm above mowing lawns right but my time is worth more than that mm -hmm. i shouldn't be folding my clothes not that i'm above folding my clothes but my time is worth more than that. Wait, who would do that if you didn't? Are there people who fold clothes? Yeah. I mean, you, I don't know if I would be comfortable with that. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, you think about it. You hire a cleaning person and they come in and clean your toilets. Yeah, I don't I, care I as like, much about toilets. I feel like uh I feel like clothes are a little more personal. Maybe. Maybe maybe just for women, but <laughs> I, I do want to say something here um, that I feel very strongly about, and it is that we put so much pressure on ourselves to do it all, and we cannot do it all. We can, we can make ourselves feel, feel guilty all day long about how, you know, we got, we got all the laundry done, but we didn't get a chance to put it away, and oh my gosh, we're such bad parents because now there's like a stack of laundry that just got all messed up again. And we just have to, we have to be able to say, 
that we can't, we can't do it all. So it, it, you know, it comes down to prioritization and trying to figure out what it is that needs to be done and then leaving the rest. And so I think for us, that's been like, you know, we need to do laundry because we have to have clothes. We need to cook dinner because kids have to eat, but things like deep cleaning our house and dusting our baseboards, like that stuff just doesn't get done right now because it's more important for us to be able to hang out with our kids and pursue our work and those kinds of things. Well, and and you have to think about where those expectations come from. You know, when, when I was aware enough to understand what was going on in, in my house growing up, um, we were on a very strict cleaning schedule and, and so like stuff was always clean. Huh. And I would not have guessed that. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was constantly being nagged about not doing my chores on time, but, yeah. but st- it was getting done. Yeah. And, and my parents were a big part of that, but it was, it was getting done. And so I could easily translate that experience into an expectation that, oh, that's how a house is supposed, yeah, to, uh-huh. house is supposed to always just be clean. Right. And, and that's not always the case. A, a lot of times our expectations come from pr- past experiences. And honestly, if we step back and we look objectively at the situation, our expectations may be very unrealistic for the circumstances that we're currently in. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's important to look at that. And when you do, and when you see both of us trying to build businesses and maintain a house with six boys, mm-hmm. there, there's probably not room for the expectation that our baseboards and our bookshelves are always going to be dusted. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even, even things like having a vacuumed floor. Yeah. I was about, I was just about to say exactly that because as soon as you vacuum, kids are coming inside, tracking things in or spilling Legos. <laughs> it's like, what's the point? Yeah. And if you get a Lego stuck in the vacuum cleaner, those things are, they can destroy. Yeah. Uh-huh. The vacuum cleaner. You got to be careful. Yep. I wouldn't, I, especially, you know, going from being a couple with no children and, and kind of this steady walk into having a large family, you know, in those early years, I never would have thought that our expectations would be as low as they are today. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. It is, but it gets better. Yeah. And, you know, of of course, as we can, and some of those things, okay, so it's good to let go and and lower your expectations where you need to, but it doesn't mean that stuff isn't still weighing on you. Mm -hmm. And so it's also good to maybe have a list, you know, and prioritize a list of things that when you get to a place financially where you can't afford to yeah. hire somebody. To yeah. Do it, we kind of have our first, wish list, you know, so what's the first thing on your wish list? It's probably the lawn mowing because I want to free you from that. But, but very close to that is house cleaning. See, I would, I actually would put the house cleaning first. Yeah. That's because we're selfless people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And, and so humble. <laughs> 
All right, so I'm going to get into a couple of questions. We had some really good ones from uh, Megan. Mm -hmm. She says, I know having a routine is very helpful for home and self-management. Do you have any advice for those of us who struggle getting into a routine? Often the answer is just do it. But I still find myself forgetting or feeling like I'm stuck. You know, what I would say to that is um, I, I think I thrive more on routine than you do. And something that I've tried to encourage you to do is just like pick a certain time and start something at that certain time. You know what I mean? So like from three o'clock until four o'clock, that is, you know, set up a little routine for the kids. And then once you get used to doing that, once it becomes habit, then take it from two until four and have those activities and then, you know, start small. For me, it's really, really easy to look at this big block of time that I have with the children from six o'clock in the morning until 1230 and, and know exactly what we're going to do in that time. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't come naturally to other people. I, I will say, so, so as a person who has this kind of personality where I don't just naturally fall into a routine, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like you set a routine for yourself and then you're just locked into it. Oh yeah. I set a routine for myself and then I just keep doing what I'm in the habit of doing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so what I've learned about myself is that it takes time. It takes a lot longer than you would think. Mm -hmm. But where, where I struggle the most is when I give up too soon where I'm like, well, obviously this isn't sticking, so I'm going to abandon it. And, and that's a mistake. If it's really something that you see as a benefit to you, um, don't, don't beat yourself up over not sticking with that routine. Like don't, don't feel uh, shame about that, but just have it in place. And it's the solid thing that maybe for the first 30 days you break almost consistently. Yeah. But eventually having that in place is going to, to catch on mm-hmm. and it's, and it's going to help you to, to, and, and so there are things now that are a part of my routine that feel very natural. Mm-hmm that at first it was like pulling teeth. It was, and, and I would forget so often, but, but the, the more I, the more grace I have with myself Mm -hmm. and, and the, the more determined I am not to give up on that, I find the sooner I'm able to get into that groove. Yeah. And I think it helped you also, you kind of wrote down some of that like what you had planned to do with, you know, from, from three until three thirty, it was going to be silent reading time because they needed to read for school and that kind of, you know, that kind of thing. So. Yeah. Anyway. So another question Megan had was, what do you guys talk about in your weekly family meeting? Do you have a separate spouse meeting? Do you have a schedule slash agenda? So in our, in our weekly family meeting, this is, around the table on Sunday nights, Mm -hmm. typically we will talk with the kids and we'll ask, what did we do well? And what are some things that we can improve on? And then one other question that I think pulls it all together is what are you going to do specifically to help make this next week better? You know, run more smoothly that kind of thing. We also go over schedule stuff. So like anything, that's coming in the week because we have a couple of kids who are really 
um, they don't like to be surprised by things. Yeah. And so we'll go over things like, um, hey, on Wednesday night, we need to do this. And this so, Saturday, we're having a Christmas party and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So we keep that meeting pretty basic. And then our meeting, we talk more about stuff that's going on with our businesses. And- well, we do. I mean, we do a lot of stuff in our meeting. Like it's, it's business related. We talk about goals for the next week, what we're working on, anything that, you know, outside of work that's coming up that we're doing personally. We talk about, yeah, like the schedule, the kids schedule, if there's anything special coming up. It's like a lot of stuff that you would find boring, but I think, I think I actually find it interesting. It's weird. Yeah. Like I enjoy it. Most of the time, unless there's something exciting, like one of us is going to get mad about some change that, you know, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of uninteresting. <laughs> no, it's, it's good though. It, and that's also, that's an opportunity to, if, if you feel like things are out of balance to bring that up and to talk mm-hmm. about it, that's, that's a great place for that to happen. Yeah. And then, uh, this last question is from Kelsey. She said, what can you do to prepare yourself for balancing work and household responsibilities if you don't yet have kids? So I would say that you're already, even without kids, you're already having to keep those things in balance. So one, being mindful and purposeful about keeping those things in balance and also recognizing that the way things are now and the expectations that you can have about how well the household runs now are not going to be the same when you have a right. family. Right, yeah, and just being aware of that. And I think just, you know, opening up those conversations before it it comes to be a problem. It's always better to be on top of things rather than, like you said, the almost like the maintaining and yeah. scrambling So a way to maintain is to actually consider these things before they become a problem. All right. Well, Rachel, I think we're done with this topic. Yeah. Where can people go to find us online? Intheboatwithben.com. That's right. Go to intheboatwithben.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there. Now, I've been telling you guys that we are working on something that we're giving to our newsletter subscribers. So Mm -hmm. if you're already subscribed to our newsletter, you're getting something from us Mm -hmm. already. Um, It's something that we're working on. Now I have said in the past that it was going to be a guide to helping your child uh, have better self-esteem. And while that is something that we are still working on, that we're planning on uh, offering the newsletter subscribers, I was actually the other day meeting with Sean and realizing that something more practical that speaks more directly to um, folks who are, who are trying to raise a family, but are also trying to pursue a passion might be, might be something more meaningful to the listeners that we have right now, to the people who are, uh, who are subscribed. So we are, like I said, we are still going to do the, helping your child um, build better self-esteem. But very soon, we're going to be giving away a five-step checklist for getting guilt-free, a, a guilt-free block of time to work on your passion. 
And I know this is a struggle for a lot of people Mm -hmm. where you feel like you're just pursuing your passion in the margins of your life. And when you do, you, you're also thinking about, well, I could be spending this time with my family or, and it just, it always feels like you're, you're just kind of squeezing that out and doing it where you can. And, and so what I, what I want this guide to be is something that's going to help you establish an, a nice chunk of time that's guilt-free where you, where you can work on and pursue your passion and not feel like you're doing that at the expense of the other things in your life. Wait, who's going to write this? I am. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It sounds like something I would want to read. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So anyways, as, as soon as that's done, it's going to all of our newsletter subscribers. So if you haven't done so already, go sign up for the newsletter. And if you want to find Rachel, she's at racheltolson.com. You can follow her on Twitter at Rachel Tolson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Tolson. Now, if you want to help out the show, there are a couple of ways that you can do that. One, you can go to intheboatwithben.com slash iTunes and leave us a positive review. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. You can also go to seanwest.com slash community. Um, I say this so many times, but this show is made better because of the conversations and the questions that come from the amazing people who are a part of the Sean West community. And it, for one, the, the live interaction and being able to talk to people in the chat while we're doing the show is just so much fun. I can't imagine doing the show without it. And so you get access to that. You get access to forums. You can listen to live shows. Um, you can also go as a community member uh, you can purchase a ticket to the Sean West Conference, which is uh, coming up next year. It's going to be really amazing. So there are a lot of benefits to being a community member, but that also helps every show on this network run. We don't do ads or sponsors, and so this is the way that we we keep the shows going. So check it out. All right, thank you guys for listening. Thanks. We'll see you next time. was one other question just came in in the chat from Hallie. She said, what do y'all think about the having to ask burden? My boyfriend will do any household task if I ask him, but he will never do more than sweeping and dishes if I don't ask, even if I ask him to sometimes do things without my asking. <laughs> I, I think, okay, this is, I don't know how this is going to come across, but I think for, for men, it just doesn't come quite as naturally for those kinds of things. And I speak that way because I'm a mom of six boys also. And I see that, you know, they, they just, they don't see the kind of things that they can do 
for us to help us. And also it could be a matter of love language, you know, like my love language, one of my love languages is acts of service and that's not your love language. And so it doesn't come naturally to you to be able to do acts of service because that, because that doesn't feel like you're loving me through that. Yeah. And in the boat with Ben.com slash eight, how knowing your child's personality type can help you speak their language. And in that episode, we talked a lot about different frameworks for understanding people's personalities. And one of my favorite ones when it comes to the way that we relate to each other and express love is the love language framework. And the love language framework basically outlines five different ways that you can express mm-hmm. love to somebody where, where they will receive it and it'll be the most meaningful to them. And so for me, it's words of affirmation and physical touch. And for you, it is acts of service and quality time. Mm-hmm. And the unfair thing about that is that words of affirmation and physical touch take hardly any time at all. It's like <laughs> you, just, you should be walking by and you touch me on the shoulder and say, Hey, I'm really, you know, like I, I, you're doing a great job or you're, you're a great dad or whatever. And that's it. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. But you, I've got to like spend time with you <laughs> and do stuff for me. Yeah. I'm just joking. Go If you listen to that episode, we talk about that a little bit. And so it's a really great thing as a couple to read together, to understand, and to learn about one another. Because just, just knowing that about you now, I'm more inclined to yeah, mm-hmm. where, where I maybe wouldn't have thought about it before because it's not the way I receive love. Mm-hmm. But, but now I think, Oh yeah. You know, this would really like Rachel would really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm more likely to do it. Right. Unless we just had a fight and then you're like, I'm never washing dishes ever again. I'm just kidding. Yeah. And this is, this is Hallie, the, uh, the one who asked the original question just said this in the chat, which is great. She says, I think having the quote, I feel loved when you, quote conversation is a really good one and and that's a great way to put it too it's so you're not you're not coming at it from the standpoint of hey i really wish you would do this right it doesn't feel like an attack yeah it's it's more you know i really and bonus points if you're able to do it when they do happen to behave outside of their normal mode and and do something above and beyond what is normally asked of them but even even without that just simply saying you know I, I really feel loved when you do this also in addition to doing the dishes mm-hmm. sounds a lot better than I really wish you would do this 